A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I think I already know who your favorite character is in this film. Are you thinking that it is the little gentleman? <laughs> yes, it is the dog. Because if so, yes, you are correct. <laughs> he is perfect in every way. I wish he was real. He saves the day in the end. He is. And he's actually a real dog. Doug the pug. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The, the one and only. If that doesn't get you to watch the film if you haven't seen it already, I don't know what will. Well and welcome to another episode of I only like you in movies. My name is Lonnie. I'm here with Sinead. Hello. My voice is a little bit funky at the moment. I'm just trying something out. See, you know, this might come. <laughs> New personality trait, weird voice. Yeah. That's right. No, I'm actually a bit under the weather, but I'm okay. I'm good enough to do a podcast. So don't think that's quite. Is that on the, like, the new COVID list? Like, you know, you, have your, you can be a bit unwell, enough to go to work, work from home, do a podcast. It's on the scale, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And at the time of recording, um, the International Space Station has been quarantined, hasn't it, Sinead? The International Space Station is going through its fourth lockdown. Weird, given I'm the only occupant. Um, Something about you, isn't there? Not sure why me, but, you know, that's fine. It's actually my personal fifth lockdown in total. Well, I read something recently that um, people in Victoria have spent, I think, a quarter of the last year in lockdown, but perhaps more. Mm. And that's you, for sure. You've probably spent a third of your last year in lockdown, haven't you, Sine? For sure. I'm just perpetually the dog from the this is fine meme. Yeah. That's just exactly. me. Exactly. The whole world around times. you is yeah. on fire. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? What? We've got a great film to talk about today. We do. One that I think has gone a bit under the radar. What do you think? Well, maybe at first, but I've heard lots of people loving it recently. Well, yeah. That, that's true, me too. Given the fact that it just appeared on Netflix one day, though, and I had no idea about it before then, <laughs> it was um, it was a nice surprise. I think your issue is that you didn't get a personal invitation to the Netflix headquarters <laughs> saying, Lonnie, this is our new movie. Please feel free to let us know your thoughts. Just a heads up, this is coming. You know, I think the actual problem is, is that uh, Empire Magazine have stopped publishing down here in mm-hmm. Australia. So all my incidental film knowledge... Of just reading through Empire and knowing why this film's coming up, even if I don't watch it or know much more about it than the fact that it was an Empire, I, um, I'm missing that at the moment. So mm. I think if, if Empire had been around, I maybe I would have heard of this because it's it's an Empire film for sure. Um, so for those of people out there who haven't seen the film or know anything about it today, how would you describe it? Oh, gosh, I don't like this new edition where I have to describe plot because I'm the worst. Right. So there's this teenage girl called Katie uh-huh. who's – an aspiring filmmaker and she's about to go to college and her parents are taking that a little hard especially her dad and there's a bit of like a family fracture going on and so they decide to do this one final road trip dropping her off at college however while on the road trip a robot uprising 
happens. I hate that when that happens. Ugh, the worst. So I've seen it described as Mad Max Fury Road crossed <laughs> with National Lampoon. What part of this is Mad Max? <laughs> well, I guess them being chased by robots and... They're in a car? They're in a car, yeah. <laughs> That's like the only. You can oh. say the same thing about her be fully loaded. <laughs> it's post-apocalyptic or approaching I mean, I apocalyptic. Life. Guess so. Yeah, well, I think that's a very um, perhaps generous interpretation. Mm. It's it's not directed by, but it's kind of Lord Miller who did Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse and the Lego Movie and some really, you know, any. Anything that's not Pixar but good animation of the last 10 years or so has had <laughs> some Warden Miller. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if you like being in that sort of ballpark with like Cloudy, the Chance of Meatball, et cetera, mm-hmm. it's got that sort of vibe. It's it's pretty much like a Pixar-ish film without the Pixar, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's like the event, they're on adventure and it's about family. And oh, no, it's, it's an adventure film. You hate adventure films. No, I, I like this one mostly. I don't mind adventure films. I just feel like, well, I just feel like Pixar could do something better. Especially they could have made a nice drama about a guy discovering he wants to be a teacher. We've been through that. Listen to our soul episode for <laughs> our thoughts and soul. But if you haven't seen this, I really recommend it. It's on Netflix, so usually pretty easy to watch that if you have Netflix or access to Netflix. Mm. Um, great for kids as well. Um, I haven't heard much about it before it came around, so I've been telling everyone to watch it because I felt like it needed a bit of a push to really get amongst it, I reckon. Shall we get into some spoilers now, Sinead? We shall. Okay. What are your what are your spoilerific thoughts then? Well, I think, you know, it's no secret that you and I are going to love this because it's about a girl who loves film and there's lots of really cool filmmaking references in it. Um, the thing that's different about this film that sets it apart from other animated films is the style of animation Mm. so it incorporates like i guess 3d animation but with 2d like drawings and kind of felt a little bit transgressive in that sense like there were lots of little animation bits that i don't know felt like that were more at home on youtube or something like like that not not your traditional disney pixar sort of animation style yeah there's lots of like edits that like distort the voice or that you know playing things on a repeat or writing or drawing little like exclamation points after someone says something mm. like it's really very much katie's film that she's sort of annotating as she's experiencing yeah. the story yeah and i think i mean if you like that stuff and you and i seem to have liked it mm. you'll get on the board with the film but if you want you don't like that sort of traditional also non-traditional styles might get a little bit grating at points mm-hmm. and you know i did also appreciate all the elements of her being a filmmaker and all that stuff but it is kind of another example of filmmakers making a film about how good filmmaking is did you do you find that at all yeah i guess so a little bit but i'm passionate don't about it because i'm <laughs> yeah. i like that exactly I should note that katie is voiced by um, abby jacobson Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of her live action work, but she is the uh, the main voice in Disenchanted, which is um, on Netflix as well. And it's uh, oh yeah, she plays um, Phoebe Bridges. Yeah, basically yes. <laughs> <laughs> and I really like Disenchanted, so I like I like her, and I think she does a good job. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, the whole voice cast is great. Danny McBride, you know, he gets around a lot as the dad. I mean, not the, the most sympathetic guy, really. Not no, a very good dad. A, he's a hard one to love. Yeah. I think that was an interesting choice that he wasn't likable the whole way through. In fact, he's quite unlikable. Yeah. The car's in the right place, but still. And he's got those classic male attributes of not wanting to talk to anyone about how he's feeling, you know. Yeah, and, I mean, they deal with it well in the end, but mm. there's a long part of it. I was like, well, I'm on her side. That's <laughs> bad. Uh, Maya Rudolph is the mum. Always good. Um, is she? Well, Libby Common's always good. Oh, Olivia. Should Listen, should we petition her to mm-hmm. only play villains from now on? Yeah, I think so. Because you have this, you mm-hmm. have the stepmom in Fleabag, mm-hmm. where she is so horrible. I think I've got to, I've tried to not remember that because I like her, you know, as a person in other films. But She's so opposite. <laughs> she's, yeah, evil stepmom, just awful. Yeah. Mm. And then you have her in The Favourite, as this tantrum-throwing, you know, mood-swinging, yeah. complicated matriarch. Yeah. Um, she's just so anything, good at playing a villain. I, I know, love her so I, much. And I still remember her for, you know, just being one of the Mitchell and Webb crew for so long and, yeah. you know, silly comedies. Well, they were not pretty good comedies, actually. I just wanted to make special mention of the relationship between Katie and her brother, Aaron, mm-hmm. who's played by Mike Reander. I just thought that was a really nice um, depiction of, of siblinghood. What do you think of that, Snake? Yeah, it was sweet. I... You know, often, often brothers and sisters on screen are always fighting and mm. don't get on, but these two, they generally love each other. It was very funny where the brother had the uh, cue cards, the Marlon Brando yeah. yeah. cue cards, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. trying to get Katie and her dad to um, bond yeah. or connect in some way. That was good. And I love that you much you love dinosaurs, great mm-hmm. little kids. Yeah. And and his um his freak outs when he comes across the girl. Just, yes. You know, not the whole film I, I think doesn't necessarily have the the most inventive or the freshest take on all these jokes, but they just do it so well that you you don't mind. Mm. There's I'll link in the show notes, um, one of our favorite channels, Cinema Wins, has done on everything great about this movie. Um, going through one by one all the all the jokes and all of the yeah great things about it um he explains in much more detail than we can how great that's it good. is i didn't know you don't want to waste for this that's awesome yeah we mentioned our top but the dogs to me yes we love dogs in general we do and on, and on film especially mm-hmm. every dog reminds us of our dog cooper mm-hmm. uh this dog <laughs> is he a dog what is he loaf of bread the computers don't know no the computers don't know <laughs> uh is a bit of a loaf of bread, but not as much as, as this one. No. <laughs> Munchy. Um, that was a great, that was actually a very interesting and I thought intelligent joke that comes back to be a part of the narrative. Yeah, well, this end. is a note that I made is that it's such a tight script. Like everything comes back. The screwdriver mm-hmm. comes back. You think, mm-hmm. oh, it's just a throwaway joke about dads being really practical and wanting yeah. to give people practical gifts and the rope trap comes back. Like there's so many callbacks and it feels very polished to me, mm. the narrative. Mm. Um, I don't feel, I actually felt like it subverted my expectations in that I could lean into the jokes a little more 
Like normally I go, oh, this is never going to come back. I'm not even going to pay attention to this because this is going to have no relevance on the overall story. But it really does here. Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. I think that's something about animated films. They go through such a long gestation period um, in the writing because mm-hmm. they, you're not going to spend several years animating something if you're not pretty sure that it's going to end up in the final film. Yeah. So I think that is something that animated films that really works for them because unlike a live-action film where you could write the script and shoot it the next month and then it's out the next month after that, mm. yeah, there's pluses and minuses for both approaches. But, yeah, that tightness in the script I think is something you're talking about. And it means when something like Soul comes out and it's bad, what excuse do you have, guys? You spent five years making this. <laughs> it must be difficult when you're working on animation. I'm thinking about this more. I'm spoiler alert. I'm undertaking a Disney project at the moment, which what? there might be more details to come about that on my right. blog, which I may link in the show notes. Um, Interesting. And I'm sizzle, just, sizzle. <laughs> I'm just interested in how animation is done especially back then where it's hand drawing you're working on this one scene like you're an animator you've gone into work you work on one scene for your entire like length of the film for production and how do you not like change your mind about what you want like with this film if it takes five years to get made how are you not in the middle of animating it and going oh this joke feels really flat now we need to do something different and how do you manage that in the animation process I think that's a great question. And I think as much as just saying a second ago that having several years to get something right means that, you know, these films are so tight and insightful and et cetera. Mm. I think sometimes as well, if you're spending four or five years on a project, you can find yourself going in circles because yeah. you've got so much time on it. Um, and I think I've actually I've seen that about some of the Pixar films. Like was it Brave where they went, they were like three years in and they chucked everything out and started again? that's a mess of a film anyway (laughs) well yeah and i think i think the the credited director didn't actually direct anything ended up in the final film Mm. or something like that so i think yeah i think that is a very good point and down to the individual scene level could you be working on the same scene for three months and then be like actually i don't like this joke (laughs) yeah it doesn't make sense yeah yeah, like how do you how do you even do that i watched something not too long ago sorry um i've been watching some of the um, older Simpsons episodes recently, just mm-hmm. well, in lockdown last year actually, and I'm getting back to it soon to finish off what I started. Sounds weird. Um, but they were talking about very early on how they were animating things, and I think it's actually the first episode the Simpsons ever made. They just got it all wrong. They because mm. they never animated things before like that, and they had to animate it or do their bits of it, and then send it overseas to be animated. It comes back a few months later, and they had no idea, and they watched them like. We can't release this. This is awful. We can't. What have we done? Mm. And they, they obviously got it right eventually. But even that, they just went through like a storyboard sequence of like a couple of minutes. And from drawing that and then giving the animation notes, sending it off to Korea, and then it coming back to them a few months later. This is back in the early 90s. You'd be mad, wouldn't you? How would you have any confidence in what you're doing is right or that you're doing anything correct if you can't actually check it as you can today? Yeah. I think there's something different about animation as well in filmmaking and neither of us, that's not our specialties, so we can't really talk to that. But There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. And at least you can do reshoots in live action. Like what do you do if this doesn't work? Just throw out an entire sequence and start drawing again? Like well, how drawing. does that work? <laughs> you can't get get the actor to give you a four or five version so you can pick the one that works the best no because you can only animate one yeah hmm. yeah good stuff though when it, when it works well animation is you know, hmm. some of our favorites work so yeah. what do you think of the giant furbies i liked them did you ever have a furby i didn't personally but i think they must have been around i don't think i could have just been friends and family that i'd, that I'd seen what about you no i wanted one very desperately but mm. Never got one. But one of my best friends, Ashley, she had one and it was very exciting. Yeah, do they have different furbies where like, you could talk to them and talk back to you? Is that right? Well, I didn't know if they like recorded you, yeah. like recorded the snippet or whatever. I don't even remember, to be honest. There was, yeah, there was a time where like toys got really big in my mm. memory. Do you, like maybe around Millennium, turn the Millennium, where like everyone's in the cabbage patch dolls and Furbies and the little dogs and cats that were like silver and you could like that's right wasn't there like a Macca's one where it was like yeah you say the right thing and it jumps over and stuff jumps around and follows and instructions something like that yeah yeah I mean maybe they're still big now but they just seem big because when you're a kid toys are I like how we're like do toys still exist (laughs) let us know yeah do you have toys (laughs) I will say a couple of things I didn't love about the movie. Okay, here we go. Um, it is, at the end of the day, a family film about how good family is. Yeah. And yeah. that's just not my favourite type of animation films or any any film, really. It's a little bit easy, isn't it? Oh, just like we get it, you know? Yeah, I much really. more prefer found family narratives. No, I know what you mean because I think we've spoken about this as well, like, it's a good trope and it works well and etc. But just that if you watch you know, lots and lots of Hollywood-made films, mm. you'll get the impression that you have to love your family and then in society, family is you know, the primacy of family. Family is the only thing that really matters. Not always true. Mm. Not always true in my view. And obviously it's good to get a nice family, etc. but not always the way. So it's tough when... If you're going through life and that's not your circumstances that you see all these films that do have that as a message, as I said, it's easy. We've done it before. Done, it's going to be done again. Hmm. I don't mind it. And this one does it well. And I really like this film. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. But you're right. Families. Why? Give me a, give me, <laughs> you're right. Give me a fan family. I think that stuff's good. Yeah, I think so too. And also, 
one thing about this film is that it kind of hints towards that, like she's finding her family at college and stuff, but then mm. she has to go to her, through her real family first and then she realises that, oh, my friends that, that I'll make at uni are going to be not just quite the same as my real family. It's like, oh, it could be nice if she'd had some friends and family as well, you know. Yeah. Great representation with Katie, by the way. It's um, yeah. not treated as a big thing or, or something that needs commenting on. It's just mm-hmm. that she is and... That's just how it was accepted, which I really liked. Sure. And it's not that's not the thing that their family are fighting about either. No, it's not a commentary on that or anything. It's just mm-hmm. she just happens to be. Um, the other thing I'm not a huge fan of, and it's not something necessarily inherent in this film, mm. is the use of celebrity voice actors. Mm. Um, it's tough. Like back in the day of, you know, original animation, you had nobodies animating Um animated characters like no one that you would recognize and then Lindsay Ellis's video on um Aladdin and Robin Williams's whole debacle with Disney company and all that was sort of the first example of where they got a recognizable actor to play a character Mm. and then since then it that it's been used essentially like you get Eddie Murphy as Mushu and Mulan and you get um Sarah Silverman as Vanellope and Wreck-It Ralph and you know Ellen as Finding Dory and I think there's nothing bad in that in itself, but I think the issue happens where these celebrities are doing almost cameos in an animated film and their character isn't really well-developed. For example, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen are in this film as the neighbour couple who I don't think actually have a personality or a purpose outside that of their celebrity voice. And the whole time they're on screen, I'm like, yeah, this is Chrissy Teigen doing a cameo and, okay, we're done. We're back to the movie now. The same with Conan O'Brien playing one of the um, robots in the film. And I think I don't have that same feeling when it's Maya Rudolph a little bit where I recognize her voice and go, okay, she's playing a character. I never once see the mum as the mum. I see it as Maya Rudolph. But the difference between Maya Rudolph and Olivia Colman is they're actors and getting people in who aren't traditional actors to just do celebrity cameos doesn't sit right with me. I don't think Conan O'Brien should just be voicing a little thing. The worst example of this is James Corden as Peter Rabbit, which we can't mm. escape from. Yeah, <laughs> It's just advertised everywhere all the time. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Well, I agree with you for sure. I think um, it also kind of cheapens voice acting. I think so too. It makes it seem like, oh, there's no skill involved. All you've got to do is just get in a booth and mm. say a few words and that's good enough. We can just get anybody. Yeah. Who might have a voice. Yeah, I, I think that's a it's a real shame how that happens. And people seem to forget that it worked for the, the genie in Aladdin mm. because he was that larger-than-life character. Yes. He was able to comment on other things and do impressions and... Mm-hmm. There was a reason he was Robin Williams doing the voice. Yes. It wasn't that Robin Williams was famous and he was here doing a voice. It was that character was built around him. Or that he was friends with the director or that, yeah, yeah. something like that happened. Um, I think I actually remember it was um, Margaret and David back in the day reviewing the film where, I don't know who it was, I think maybe Margaret, maybe David, one of the two, complaining because they were like, when there's a big named actor in a voice in a cartoon, all I can see is that the named actor is here doing a voice. I'm not seeing a character anymore. Exactly. 
And that, that's basically what you're just saying is that it um, takes away from the film, which is mm. normally not what you want. No. Works for, works for the genie in Aladdin. That's part of it. But, yeah, they, everyone took the wrong idea from Ron Williams, didn't they? Yeah. They, they took that idea. Let's, let's get someone famous because that'll bring some, some more bums on seats. But That really wasn't the reason it succeeded, I don't think. Yeah. Um, and you look at something, again, like The Simpsons, mm. they've got, you know, a core cast of five, six, seven um, voice actors who can do hundreds of voices. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have, and they, they obviously have guest actors coming all the time, and I know that, but at its core, they've got a whole town that is voiced by like five or six people. You don't have to have Chrissy Teigen coming in to do a voice for someone just for the sake of it. No. When you have voice actors who are using their entire vocal range to create people. Yeah. And this isn't a critique on Chrissy Teigen herself. I know it's become very in vogue to hate on Chrissy Teigen lately, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not trying to join that bandwagon at all i'm just saying she's one of the famous people that have been included in this film same with conan o'brien and the same with john legend and blake Mm. griffin who's isn't he a basketballer or something yeah like why (laughs) why is a basketballer doing a voice for a character like it's i don't know i maybe if i was a kid i'd find that fun if i knew Mm. who they were Mm. but i don't think kids are that sweet like the kids won't know who conan o'brien is right so that's just there for the adults to know Mm. And there are so many clever things in this film that are just for the adults, jokes that land just for them, that are much more intelligent than the fact that, oh, you've got a recognisable person playing the character. Yeah, and things that don't take away from the experience, which yeah, cameos to count. Yeah. That said, Doug the Pug, that works for me. Well... You're going to make me undo my what I've just said, but I guess the the difference is it's a dog, firstly. Yeah. has no lines, no speaking lines. It's just some barking. Sure, if they want to include Doug the Pug, that's fine. But the other thing is Doug the Pug is recognisable for children. So I feel like that's a different sort of kettle of fish. Yeah, we talk about these, like Doug the Pug and other animals who become famous on social media, mm. grumpy cat, RIP. Mm-hmm. Like, do you reckon there are just millions of pets out there people try to make famous that don't ever get over, like, 100 likes on Instagram? Probably. I've got a new yeah. one. Yeah. Her name's Billy. She's a cat. Yeah. And she clicks on buttons to say different words. Like, the yeah. owner's a vet and she's trained her to say, you know, mm. what does Billy want and Billy wants to play. And so then Billy goes and plays. She's amazing and I love her with all my heart. Um, and a more recent addition to the buttons is Mad. So sometimes when she doesn't get what she wants, she'll go click Billy Mad. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I just feel sorry for all the animals out there that because of the algorithm and the way they work. Like you can't have everyone can't be famous on, on social media. So there's going to be lots of animals out there who just, yeah. who know, for their own, can't make it. But, you know. Well, I'm sure they have lo- loving homes. And can still so. be family pets. Not being, <laughs> not being shunned in their own homes because they're not famous. Not being like, exploited. Come back to me when you've got a thousand views like Doug. Mm. One thing I want to say is that um, shout out to Australian musician Alex LaHaye for having a song in this film. Okay, two songs actually, but one that was um, created for this film in particular. I've only recently got into Alex LaHaye, so it was quite very strange to watch this film and then realize that this person I just started listening to and really enjoy is in this film 
which the connection between you know this singer from Melbourne and this film from Hollywood coming up on Netflix is is quite strange to me, but awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great singer. I'm gonna get around it, I reckon. Do you want to give us your rating, Sunday? <sighs> okay. I'm gonna give it four stars. Okay. I thought about doing a 0.75 and then I thought I'm not going to do it to him. He's feeling unwell. Don't mm-hmm. don't pile on. No, four sure. stars. I really liked okay. it. Okay. Very tight script, great mm-hmm. voice acting from the people that I mm-hmm. liked in the film. Um, and it's about a topic that, of course, I'm going to like. It's about film. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's about, yeah, about a girl trying to you know, follow her dreams and passions. And yeah. What's wrong with that? Huh? What are you going to give it? I'll give it four stars as well. Nice. I think, um, yeah, I agree with everything you said and really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I watched it about a month ago, so I don't know why I'm not giving it four or five, but maybe it was just those things about the family and maybe I'm just a little bit like, oh, yeah, a film about someone to be a filmmaker. Maybe we could have had her about doing something else. But And then maybe those voice actor things, but they're quite minor quibbles, really. Mm. I've been telling everyone that to get around this film, so... That should be enough to say it again here and hopefully you, you heed my advice, listener. I love that because of your other podcast, Get Around It or Get Amongst It is now part of your general vocabulary. You know, I realised the other day, you know, we did that play a couple of years ago today on the social media for that, came my mentions and my, my memories recently, mm. and I was saying Get Amongst It about that play. So oh, well, there you go. I, nothing new about me. Maybe it's been I've there got, for a long time. I've got three jokes and I'll just keep saying them until I die. <laughs> Oh, do you think there'd be a sequel for this? It's been quite successful. Probably. I mean, sequels are very popular these days. Mm-hmm. Any bit of money they can wring from us, they will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What I'd like to see maybe is some of Katie's films because they were pretty awesome, the ones we saw. Yeah, they were really cool. <laughs> the film, yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much for listening. Um, and I really recommend this one. don't recommend every film that we watch and we record a podcast about, but I reckon they've all got some value. But this one in particular, I think... Mm. yes please watch it um what else should people do if they like our podcast tonight you can like the podcast you can subscribe you can follow us on twitter at i only like your pod you can email us if you like the emails in the show notes yeah it'd be good to get in touch and we'll talk about some of the things we'd just love to get um some, some sort of conversation it'd be nice wouldn't it? it's so lonely pictures of your pets that you're trying to make famous yes i'll, I'll retweet them yeah Okay, well then, until next time, we've been Iron Like You in Movies. <laughs> okay. I've been Lonnie, she's been Sine. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.